This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We'll just wing it. Yeah. Hello and welcome to an abridged version of the All Over Rugby podcast. Uh, a rugby podcast with slightly less of a West Country accent than usual. Just me and Ben tonight. How are you doing, Ben? I'm all right, mate. You okay? Yeah, I'm not bad. Russ um, got stuck in the doorway of an all-you-can-eat burger restaurant and couldn't make Again. it. Yeah, and Phil is elbows deep in lambs, I would imagine, at the moment. So um, it's just us. We haven't watched a lot of rugby. We are pretty apathetic when we do watch it anyway. So we'll just talk about the games we've watched and then we'll let you go about your business because, you know, better to keep some content coming out. We were going to get, or I was going to get, some of the people from our red-hot Twitter discussion from last week on tonight but i felt like potentially ruining our usual ambience uh wasn't necessarily the best idea for our main show so what i'm probably going to do is i i might get a little bit of a more over special going where that's concerned um mainly for my own benefit ben but I, I i just feel like with all the concussion stuff i just want to talk to as many people as the as of, of these people as possible and find out why they think they're better human beings than me because i don't care about concussion <laughs> yeah um well we we had this discussion the other day didn't we um and uh i think me and phil were more of the opinion we do kind of care about concussion but we're not sure they're going about the right way of stopping it but um, I think being desperate for people to red, be red carded is an odd mindset. Let's yeah, see. I mean, we, we, we'll go over old ground, but I, I don't understand why anyone cares enough about concussion to be that openly obnoxious to other people about it. Mm. it I mean, at the end of the day, once the guy's been cracked on the head, it's too late. Yeah, and 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 you know what? Um, it it's not going to change as long as there's rugby. There's going to be concussions, and I, I'm not sure what the end game of it is. Egg Chase has made a, a very good point about punching in football. That you know, it used to be that punching somebody got you sent off, and now you can't raise your hands. Mm. So you know. But these people 
don't really know where they're going anyway because for some Luke Cow and Dickey tackles too low. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Anyway, you, you um, can't completely cut out something that's done accidentally. And um, I think a lot of them now are accidents. You know, we, we use the example of the tip tackle where there's a couple of decisions have been made. If you're going to tip someone on their head, you, you've got at least two um, options to bail out. But if you just run in to try and tackle someone and uh, you get your face in the wrong position, you've not really made a conscious decision to stick your face there because it's going to hurt your face as much as it's going to hurt yeah. um, the guy that you're tackling. But um, yeah, we've talked about this a lot, haven't we, Doug? We have, mate. We have. Um, some would say too much. Um, do, do you know what that says about concussion arguments? <laughs> People like them. Let's have some more. <laughs> um, to be fair, that's what Twitter thinks. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think the thing with the, the whole Twitter thing is that people conflate the fact that because the argument is prevalent on Twitter, it's prevalent it everywhere. It, sorry, that it's everywhere. Yeah, when mm. in actual fact, the debate's only on Twitter because the only people that are having the debate are listening to each other on Twitter. People like us who don't care about concussions don't go on Twitter to say, I don't care about concussions <clears throat> because it's, they're just okay with them. It's like a lot of these um, rights issues. You know, I, I'm not going to name one because I don't want to get in trouble, but minority rights issues that are, that are um, you know, quite new ones, if you see what I mean, where it's very big on Twitter, but I don't think the uh, the average the average pub is really sort of rippling with conversation about it. Yeah, you know, there's there's many issues. I mean, are we to are we are we now like like we've said about the Exeter logo? Um, how are people ever going to learn about? Like a native Indian is native Indian imagery now just not allowed to happen anywhere because it's racist. Are the only people that can teach us about native Indians, native Indians. Yeah. It's, Are it we appropriating bit... their culture if we teach people about them or if we keep them in the psyche by using their imagery in logos? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's almost like these are complicated issues and they can't be solved on Twitter, isn't it, Doug? Almost, mate. Almost. It certainly can't yeah. be solved by, you know, rugby Us. podcasters. <laughs> but, you know, people who are involved in rugby podcasts love chatting about it, don't they? They do. Yeah. Anyway, um, thanks for joining them all over podcast this week. <laughs> yeah. Old man shouts at cloud podcast will continue. Yeah, yeah. I just... Um, I mean, to be perfectly honest, Ben, I'm still reeling from the pylon that was uh, instigated. I don't know about you. Have you been able to go outside without people egging your house? Yeah, I've been all right. I, I stay off Twitter. Yeah. Um, you, you upset the Welsh people, didn't you? you, and, you I did and, I upset um, the Welsh. And, and they Russ, tried to get uh, yeah. somebody, some, some guy tried to um, 
uh, instigate a pile on, which amounted to about 10 tweets, I think. Um, yeah. But one man added me because he was very keen to find my opinion. And I gave him my opinion and he ignored it, which does happen. <laughs> but <laughs> happens on this podcast a lot. But all the um, time. All the time. He, he must have got over being interested overnight. Yeah. It seems that like having. It, it doesn't matter how nuanced or how much thought you've put into an opinion. If somebody on Twitter doesn't agree with it, it's wrong. Yeah. Like, I've really considered my stance on concussions. And after a lot of chat and a lot of evaluation of, of circumstances, I've decided that I could not give a flying fuck about them. <laughs> so if that makes me a terrible human, fine. But there you go. Um, I've tried to get us off this subject now for quite a while. Yeah. Um, I only worked, well, I was meant to work at the Gloucester game. Should we talk about Gloucester Worcester? Because I think that's an issue that that um, should be addressed. The fact that that game was called off four hours before kickoff. Yeah, that's for, not great, a, is it? No, well, mate, for a sport that, you know, what really wants or purports to want new fans to generate new audience, to bring in new revenue, to grow as a sport. It's just a terrible look, isn't it? Four hours before kickoff. I mean, it was great for me. I drove to Gloucester, rigged a camera, packed it back up and drove home again and got paid. Yeah. So absolutely great day for me. Um, Not a great day if you, we're taking your son to his first ever game or daughter. No. Um, not a the, great the day thing... if you were a zero hours employee employed in the catering industry to work in the hospitality at Gloucester for that day. Um, not but a great day that... if you had driven from Worcester at £1.80 a litre. No. to find out that the game had been called off. Um, and there seems to be just no repercussions at all. Again, Egg Chase has made the point in a professional rugby team, I don't care what you need to do. If you need to put a back row at hooker, you do it. You do it. This isn't Sunday League football. If... If you cancelled a second team game at that notice, you wouldn't be very popular. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't mean Gloucester seconds. I mean, Nuki seconds or, yeah. you know, you know, any, any club second team, you know, what, what are we talking there? That's 11 o'clock on a, on a Saturday morning, isn't it? For a, yeah. um, for a normal game of rugby. And, you know, the only, the only time you could really get away with that is, is, you know, pitch conditions. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you're struggling to field a side, you know, in advance and all right, you know, professional teams probably will cut it a little bit clearer, uh, clearer because um, they've got more players to um, choose from. And there won't be many of them that aren't playing because they've had to go shopping with a wife or something like that. But um, it's, like you say, it's a very bad look, you know, it, it looks, it looks just amateurish on the telly, doesn't it? Like, even if you were, yeah. 
um, you know, a casual fan, and you just flick, oh, I'll watch that rugby, there's nothing else on on a Friday night, and then it's cancelled at that. It's, it's not ideal, is it? Um, well, and I mean, to me, there's no excuse. Like, if you, if you have to cancel a game because you can't get a front row out, play the game of uncontested scrums. Mm. Why was that not an option? Why was it not an option to play three kids nominally at hookup and, and tight and loose head and have uncontested scrums? Rather than cancel a game four hours before kickoff. I mean, it, it reeks of... Well, A, you reap what you sow in the fact that there's no relegation, so it didn't matter to anybody. <laughs> in fact, it was probably beneficial because to Gloucester because they'll get a five-point win without actually having to play a game at this time of year, which is, you know, when they're looking to qualify for the playoffs, that's a competitive advantage and one which, if I was one of the teams around Worcester that... If, if, if one of those teams around Gloucester miss out on fourth place by a point or two points because of Gloucester getting a five-point win as a walkover, I would be getting the legal team ready and taking yeah. Worcester to court. And it's super, super close, isn't it? Like, between Exeter in fourth place and London Irish in eighth is four points. Yeah. What, what are the games in hand? Gloucester have got a game in hand, don't they? Gloucester have got two. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they've basically got... I think they've got two maybe only because that game's result hasn't been declared officially yet. Okay. Now, I, I think from a, a sporting, in, sporting integrity perspective, that game has to be played. Worcester should be made to play that game. My, my concern is that I don't... I'm, I would fully expect Worcester not to play another game this season. Are they uh let's have a look at the fixtures. So they're playing Newcastle at the weekend. Yeah. At home. Just trying to sit. I guess they'll play their home games, but I could imagine them not playing another away game. I mean, are they uh are they in Europe? But uh, Gloucester is still in Europe, so it's, I'm just trying to find a weekend, but um but what you think they'll just do that every week? Well, what incentive is there for them to play? Like they're not going to qualify for the European Cup. It doesn't matter if they finish bottom of the table. Mm. Why would you play? Especially well, yeah. away games with the you know the associated costs of travel and you know, accommodation and all that kind of stuff. You're not making any money as a club, so why would you bother? Yeah, I mean you'd you'd hope it's not an option, but you know, you'd hope well, a lot of things. That not playing mm. a fixture because you can't get a team out is not an option. Now, when, as has been pointed out many times before us, Cardiff managed to get a team out to play Toulouse at about mm. four hours' notice. Yeah. It, it just, it's a nonsense. It's, and it, it shows just complete and utter contempt for spectators and, and fans of the, of the, the two clubs, really. Um, it just shouldn't be allowed to happen. But I, I, if if you're playing in a league where you write your own rules, you do what you want. 
who are they answerable? They're not answerable to the RFU. There are, you know, the, the Worcester chairman is answer answerable to the other chairman. Um, so where, where's the where's the jeopardy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, like it's just a think. bad look for a sport that seems intent on providing bad looks. Yeah, yeah, it, it's um, it's a self-inflicted wound, isn't it? Yeah, um, on top of on top of the decision not to promote anyone from the promote anyone. Yeah, on top of the decision to um, well, on top of all the rule changes they've made. I mean that you know the 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 goal line dropout for being held up over the try line is an absolute atrocity. I don't mind that one. Um, oh, mate, like you work as a team to get into the position where you can put the ball across the line and your reward for having somebody fall over underneath the player about to score is that you get the ball back 10 metres from the halfway line. Yeah, I say I, it, that it works. Um in some situations and it doesn't in others. I think the, the pick and go is an arguable one, like you say, but you know, there's, there's other occasions where it's kind of um, like kicks through and stuff like that. It's, it seems to work a little better than the, the, the 22. I think, um, I think it's worth like persevering with and tinkering with a little bit. I don't know why more people don't do what Ford did in one of the first games of the season and just, catch it and whack a drop goal i know it's not as easy as saying that but you've got um you've probably got you've got half a dozen players in the league who would be capable of of dropping a goal from perhaps the 10 meter line with with very little pressure on them um you know ford ford did it in one game and you think someone like maybe gopperth or or someone like someone like that might be capable of having a go um that might sort of reduce the number that are hit long you know not many teams are just sort of dinking them out and hoping to recover are they but if no i, I if just it think it three points every time it, 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 it rewards a team for being in the position of almost conceding a try like you almost conceded a try so now you get to reset and you you fall backwards over your try line. Someone lays underneath the ball, and the reward for that is that you get to reset and re- reorganize your defense forty meters from your goal line. Mm. It, it, it's not a. It, it's not um, commensurate with 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 the with with the outcome. Maybe maybe the answer would be to have an attacking scrum on the twenty two. Held up rather than yeah. five meters, yeah, because yeah. at least then you're still in the attacking third of play, and you you get a benefit. You can have a scrum. You can you could set it anywhere you like along the twenty two, but it rewards you for getting into the position of almost scoring. You get the ball back still in the attacking third. Just another shit rule that rugby have uh, implemented. Um, 
And I just think the team that it seems to have affected most uh, Exeter, which is the only game you've seen this week, right? That's right. Oh, good, good link. Good link. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, um, I caught up on this one. Um, I watched this uh, on uh, Monday morning, um, and uh, yeah, Exeter just aren't as good as they used to be. There's um, there's no there's no doubting that at all. Um, I thought they did look a little bit more like it for having um, for Mullen and Ewers on the on, on the flanks with um, Gray and the team. They looked a little, a little at times like they might have had a little bit more sort of about them carrying wise, but it certainly wasn't what it was say two years ago. Um, they got pretty handled in the scrums, um, and the game was actually a lot closer than it should have been. Um, they got a try at the end and it almost looked like they might have tried to sneak it, but I think Leicester were much the better side. Um, uh, you know, uh, Ford ran it really well. Um, Visa is a, a menace with the ball in hand. And um, I agree with um, what Duncan said in, uh, in our group, that uh, Joe Hayes looked, looked pretty good. Good around the pitch and, and scrummaged pretty well. So, his head's um, a weird shape, though, isn't it? It is a weird shape. That that's, um, I think that's a, like a just a, a hazard with props, isn't it? They they're all a bit odd looking. <laughs> um, I suppose the player we ought to really talk about is Dan Kelly, who um, yeah. we we've we've all kind of suggested for England. I thought he played pretty well. Um, kicked a conversion, which was right in front of the post. So. Um, not too much to talk about there. Um, but um, he did give away a few penalties, but he is a good player. He carries the ball well. He makes a lot of turnovers as well. Um, yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. So, so again, he, he was pretty impressive. Um, I, I'm going to have to just mention Russ in, in the chat. Very much in favour of a penalty that was given against Stewart for trying to catch the ball. I think it was. Um, yeah. I, th I, I just think what, what we all like about Stewart is the fact that he dominates the space so much. And the reason he's able to do that is he takes off from a long way away from where he's going to catch the ball. He's in the air for a long time. And, um, you know, Witten sort of got into the space he was going to dominate and, Stewart just got higher than him. Um, but the ref seemed to think he wasn't going to get to the ball, which on, on the replay looked mad. He looked like he was right in line with it. But uh, the commentators seemed to think the wind might have affected it or something. But anyway, um, Rust was getting quite upset that um, a few of us didn't think that was a penalty. Um, I, think he, I think he may have had his Exeter-shaped glasses on. Maybe. Uh, I think yeah. there's, um, there's a lot of... <laughs> I think if you're if you're savvy as a fullback, you can manipulate penalties from from high kicks now because there there is no mitigation. There's no yeah. There's there's no sense of um, no sense of uh, empathy or or any or any of that stuff. It, it you know if you jump you get touched you get a penalty. So you can almost yeah. 
as long as you're looking up, you can run in a direct line to wherever somebody is defending and jump into them and you'll get a penalty. The ball doesn't have to be anywhere near you. You just have to be the first one in the air. Yeah. And and like you say, Stewart gets up so early that he can he can manage that over and over and over again. Yeah. And I don't think Witten did much wrong because he was he was kind of he got there, but you know. Witten, for all his qualities, isn't going to get as high in the air as um, Stewart, particularly from what was almost a standing start. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I thought it was just a uh, play on everybody, but then we don't get a lot of those anymore. Um, yeah, it's, it's just another another bullshit rule, in my opinion. I, I don't think that um, the rule's fit for purpose. I don't think... I, I, I don't think that... I just wish games were refereed with a little bit of, oh, well, that happened because of this. Mm, Yeah. You know, um, and I don't. I think think the reason for that is there's a framework for everything, isn't there? You've you've got to follow the framework. Yeah, you know know how much I love a framework, mate. Yeah. Like a referee (laughs) 10 years ago, 15 years ago, was able to, you know, they just say, right, can you, um, can you, you know, look out for uh, offences on the floor or can you look out for uh, stamping or something like that? And they would, they would look out for it and they'd penalise it as they saw it. Yeah. Whereas with a framework, it's like, okay, well, did he hit him in the head? Yeah, well, it's a red card unless we can work out a way not to give him a red card. Yeah, I, and think I, don't, better- I don't think enough emphasis is put on finding those reasons for it not to be a red yeah, card. I think the better referees find a way for it not to be a red card and try and talk their way down and the the, the not so good referees talk their way up. I noticed... Um, but how much of that is about how referees are assessed and how... Yeah, I think that's... a little bit that's of abs- sort of <clears throat> proof, proofing I think, their I think that's absolutely. I think that's absolutely true because the referee I've got in mind that tends to talk it down is Wayne Barnes, who... Who doesn't have to worry about it really? Um, yeah. And 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 you quite often get the TMO trying to talk them talk them up as well. And there was a few tries this weekend where they've been disallowed, and rightly disallowed, but for tiny, tiny offences like little knock-ons and stuff like that. And and you just sometimes think maybe it should have more of a for all of VAR in football's faults, um, it is, or was originally to, to cut out the howlers. Uh, whereas at the moment, they're just looking for everything, like VAR when it was at its worst. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've, I've said it before. I've, I've found rugby tough this year, tough to watch. Um, it's got, it's just rugby's been... Rugby's always... Rugby's always had too many rules, too many laws, um, and it's getting it's getting worse because that's all that people really talk about now is some kind of law or the other. Mm, I, I I just think back in the days when wasps were playing at Adams Park, that was the sweet spot for me. Um, what like oh oh five yeah, oh six to like a sort of 0-10. Pretty good, man. There's still a there's still enough aggro. You'd still get Julian White decking someone 
Um, you had good, fast rugby. The scrums weren't an absolute shambles. Um, refs stayed out of the way. There was no celebrity refs. Um, yeah. I just, it's a tough watch at the moment. But there you go. Um, I, I mean, what do you think with Exeter? Are they... What, what are they missing? I don't know. I just don't know what they're missing. They just seem to be having one of those seasons. Yeah, I think they are missing a little bit of dynamism in the pack. Um, I think that Simmons is obviously dynamic, but he's not necessarily going to punch holes. And then you've got um, Ewers and, and Vermeulen if they're playing. But other than that, it's quite a workmanlike prop. There's a uh, pack, sorry. There's not a, a huge amount of star power in there because Cowan Dickey's not playing. Um, I think it's maybe a little bit one-paced. Um, in the backs... Again, it, maybe it's just a little bit stale. Maybe it needs um, just a new, a new face in there. You know, Witten's been there forever. I think O'Flaherty's off, isn't he? Is he? Uh, yeah, he's going to sail, I believe. Right. Um, so, you know, maybe that shakes it up a little bit. I, I, I said before, I don't know if this is part of it as well, that maybe COVID has set the academies back a little bit. So right. um, perhaps their like next sort of crop haven't come through as quickly as they as they were hoping they would. Um, Do you think any blame so, lies with Simmons, Joe or Sam, Joe or both? Um, I don't think he's playing as well as he was, but then his pack isn't as dominant as it was. You know, Leicester's pack very much got on top of them, which wasn't a thing that happened to Exeter more than once or twice a season. Um, so that makes life difficult. They're missing the scrum half, the Australian. Yeah. Um, it, maybe they're a little bit like Bristol in that, um, but to, perhaps not an extent, but Bristol had a lot of star power last season and it's kind of dissipated in through injury and players not being there anymore. And that they're more, you know, there's there's less peaks. It's just just a just a competent team, and I think Exeter are perhaps moving back into that category now. Um, but then last year, you know, they got to the final, but they weren't the same team. I don't think. Um, I think they would have won that final uh, if if they'd have been in the same sort of. Uh, form as they were a couple of years before um, but at the same time they're still fourth so you know it's not a crisis they just probably just need to reset a little bit like you say take in the new laws a little bit um, they've still got the voter on the books haven't they um, yeah my, 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 my concern is that they're going to do a Malinda era uh, Northampton and, and go from being a team that 
dominated to a team that were good to a team that are stale. Yeah. Because if you recall, when Saints won the Premiership, Malander was being touted as the next England coach. And we've had five years of Rob Baxter being touted as that person. Mm. And maybe the message is stale. And maybe players are complacent. And you can't... Maybe you've hung on to players a little bit too long. Maybe they've hung on to Armand and Ewers and um, Cow and Dickey and... Well, maybe not Cow and Dickey, but like Ben Moon. Um, yeah. Maybe they've just held on to them a bit long and the message is, is stale and... Yeah, I really hope not because as a fan of Northampton who lived through the the slow death of Jim Mallander, um, <laughs> I'd ha- I, I really wouldn't like that to happen to Rob Baxter because I think he's a remarkable coach and Ali Heifer as well. And, and they've done a lot of good for the premiership, but um, I'm not convinced that I don't see parallels I, I, I think I think you might have a point. And I also think it's just a general premiership thing. I don't think any squad is quite as um, star-packed as they were, say, four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, you've got Saracens for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you'd say maybe Leicester have got the most stars, but two or three of those are homegrown. Two or three of them are sort of relatively inex- inexpensive South Africans who've come really good, and um, a couple of them are going. Yeah. You know, yeah. The bit, mate, and they, and they've, the they've ridden a wave this year, haven't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, arguably their biggest names might be Ford and Genge. Well, they're both going. Is, is Nandolo going? I don't know. No, no, that, ask Neil Fisler. That, yeah. So, um, yeah, so yeah, it's it might be a little bit that like it's kind of uh, gonna all level out, you know, some very similar teams. Well, and the league table kind of supports that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on, then I watch Northampton. Typical Northampton, Blue London Irish away. They'll get pumped next week. It doesn't matter. We move on. Um, <laughs> any other business, Ben? <laughs> um. No, I don't think so. We promised them 20 minutes, didn't we? We did, yeah. What I'll say is, uh, for my any other business, there's a show on Sky at the moment called Winning Time, which is about the rise of the Los, the Los Angeles Lakers. And it's got a cast in it that, you know, is a who's who of Hollywood actors. Um, it's fucking brilliant. It is really well shot. It's It's really well observed. And I can't recommend it highly enough. So if you want to um, enjoy a piece of television, go and watch Winning Time. It's brilliant. Nice. Uh, just a bit, of, one more rugby, one more rugby point. Bath's draw brings them level on points for Newcastle. It doesn't matter. I know, but it'd be nice to not be at the bottom from a fan's yeah, point of sure. view, if not for the, for the owners. So, yeah. um, well, I almost yeah, want if... the owner. I want them to finish bottom for the owners. Yeah. Because I think the owners of that particular club might be in large part to blame for the lack of promotion and relegation this year. Okay. 
well just you know i i think there's a lot of um the wealthier clubs who are un, unwilling to relinquish uh 10% of their earnings to facilitate a club coming up from the championship yeah i th- i think i don't think there's many fans that wouldn't want <coughs> the the option of a team coming up if you ask every fan in a premiership ground this weekend if they want promotion and relegation from the premiership they would all say yes yeah i think you're right because it gives you uh you know if if you are a newcastle fan or a bath fan at the moment it does give you something to watch the game for doesn't it i know yeah. um you know it is i suppose you know the sun was out in bath on on um saturday so it was probably a quite a nice place to watch rugby a few pints and into the ground but you know it's more of a sort of end of season party than uh yeah the real game of rugby isn't it yeah um Yep, I couldn't agree more. There just needs to be a moratorium on terrible decisions in rugby. <laughs> we should maybe make less. The only the only organisation that makes more bad decisions in a sporting environment is the ECB. I was just going to say the ECB. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've ever watched Death of a Gentleman, uh, you will... Oh, it's brilliant. Why. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, we went and saw that in a cinema. Really? Or not. Yeah, I, I went to um, the... Me and, me and my friend Mike drove up to the Ashes uh, test where England won the Ashes in the morning right. at, at Trent Bridge. So they said... Oh, what, when Broad took his seven for whatevers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I worked on got, that one. I got that signed. Nine of the 11 players signed that. Oh, nice. Um, but... Um, yeah, they they said on Test Match Special, you know, if if you're at loose end, go go to the cinema. There's the premier, the premier is on at one of the cinemas in um, Nottingham, and um, by the end, uh, every time Giles Clark came on screen, the whole cinema was booing him. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's the kind of bloke that will, no matter how much people boo him will still think he's right yeah yeah just the the worst kind of sporting administrator yeah um there was a there was a great tweet someone put out the other day they said um which which uh company or which or which um organize which organization will be the first to um restart ties with the kremlin and why will it be fifa <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was the ECB though. Yeah. Or or uh sale rugby club. Well, no, it'd be Worcester now, won't it? Because Diamond loves a loves, loves a, big a Russian. Russian yeah. 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 Right. I'll let you go, Ben. Um thanks for joining me. At least we've got something no. out. We've we've kept the um we've kept the wheel turning. Um, yeah. we've done a solid 40 minutes. We've only watched two games between us, so God knows how we managed it. Yeah, um, we might not we be only spoke about one of them podcast, but at the same time, we won't be as um, teeth clenchingly um, vapid. 
And that's a promise. Yeah. <laughs> Not teeth clenchingly vapid. There's the uh, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's the, the title for tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Podcast title. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. I'll um. Right. Well, we 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 there'll be no Russ again next week because he's in Las Vegas, I think, isn't he? Yeah. 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 So it'll just be me, you, and Ben. Um. Maybe we'll get somebody on. Should we? Yeah, we should get somebody from the group on or something. Yeah, yeah. let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Ben was very good on uh on Eddie's podcast one week. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Let's see how we go. All right. Awesome. Cheers, then. Right, everyone. Cheers, go well. Cheers, back. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.